0: Aurena, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus on Tuesday, the 5th of October. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. Today, I want to talk about what's just happened on the COVID-19 lockdown elimination hard borders front, because yesterday, the government effectively abandoned the elimination strategy, but has left Auckland in level three lockdown for the foreseeable future. There are no deadlines on when it will end, only that the government will reconsider the situation every week, every Monday when Cabinet meets, and there are a few tweaks to Level 3. For example, if you want to go out for a picnic or to do some fishing, you can, and you can meet up with another family to a maximum of 10, so... There's that, plus early childhood education centres will be open, but only into bubbles of 10, so there's potential limits there. So it's being described as Level 3 with picnics. It also uh, continues to have the Level 4 style restrictions at the boundaries around Auckland. So anyone who wants to get out to a funeral or a wedding or to uh, do some other personal or business things has to apply to the Ministry of Health for an exemption and that's very hard to get. They're only granting about 5% of those at the moment. The government's determined to keep Aucklanders inside Auckland to stop the Delta outbreak spreading uh, which it's now clear cannot be eliminated. So that's the risk here is that Auckland now faces an indeterminate period of time in level three lockdown and no immediate prospect of reopening of shops or cafes or restaurants and no immediate prospect of those who uh, need to go back to work with others in quite non-essential businesses. Now, the reason for this is that the government has not set a clear vaccination threshold above which it can start to ease up. We asked many times, is it the single dose overall Auckland threshold, or is it the double dose threshold? Or is it the more vulnerable communities in Auckland? To give you an idea, just over... Uh, 83-84% of the overall population in Auckland has had one dose of the vaccine. So that's quite close to 90%, which is the number the government is now broadly saying is what they want to see reached before there are significant relaxations of the Level 3 settings. But um, it's also not clear whether that 90% is for single vaccination or for double vaccination, whether it's for the overall population or for the most vulnerable populations. Because remember, the double vaccination rate for Māori, particularly young Māori, is currently 19%. And for uh, young Pacifica, it's more like 24%. Now, this is the most vulnerable group, most likely to get COVID. Maybe not the most likely to be hospitalised, but certainly the most likely to spread it to those people who are older and who are not vaccinated. And certainly there were detailed questions yesterday from journalists um, and quite a lot of angst and suppressed, barely suppressed anger amongst some of the questions, um, understandably, because the Green Party and others have effectively accused the government of putting young Maori and Pacifica in Auckland in the front line of this um, decision. And um, there is a risk here, of course, that uh, Auckland opens up before uh, the vaccination rates are particularly high for young Maori and Pacifica. And, uh, uh, however, if if there's a if there's a wait, it could be well into the end of this year, potentially early next year, before Auckland is in a position to uh, release some of those level three restrictions. And of course, the rest of the country is not in a position to go down from level two to level one until Auckland moves its levels. So how long is this going to take? Uh, We asked Ashley Bloomfield that, and only at the end of the press conference did we get some sort of answer. Um, The short story is that it's going to take at least four to eight weeks before we get the level of double vaccination in Auckland that we need. And uh, here's the, uh, the key exchange in the press conference yesterday around about the 57-minute mark of the hour. So have a listen to this.
1: Dr Bloomfield, you said earlier the next four to eight weeks are going to be critical. Is that the time frame for this phasing of Auckland down to level two? Is it going to, be, is it going to take two months?
2: That's the time frame for us to achieve our, um, our ambition around vaccination being higher than 90% double vaccinated and then of course it's another couple of weeks when people then have that full full protection full immunity so this is this is the period of time really that we want to do that and uh, i'm sure like everybody particularly in auckland uh, we're looking forward to a summer where we can enjoy freedoms and our ticket to that is vaccination so f- and the next four to eight weeks into early december is critical to get our vaccination rates up
0: So there we go, four to eight weeks into early December, and then he's talking about another two weeks for the second dose to actually kick in and provide the full vaccination. Now, the key thing here is what part of the Auckland population is the government going to base its decisions on? Is it the overall population? Is it the Māori population? Is it the young Māori population? Because at the moment, those young Māori first dose and second dose vaccination rates are well below any sort of necessary level that would get us there even in four to eight weeks. So here's a, here's a sense of the questions being asked about those young Māori and Pacifica vaccination rates and whether the government would move uh, before then. And um, the, uh, the lack of um, answers is uh, certainly uh, worth watching. Uh, have, a, have a listen to this.
1: Yeah. To the um, vaccination um, concerns around the vaccination rates being low uh, for Māori, um, have you forecasted at all um, further break out the Māori communities um, once these restrictions start to So DHB by DHB, I do believe they have additional work that they undertake within DHBs, but I personally can't speak to that now. But again, our strategy here is to continue uh, to use all the tools that we have available to keep COVID away from people in the community because we're not ready to transition into a framework that relies on vaccination because not enough people are vaccinated. Yeah, I'm going to come to Bernard, then I'm going to come to um, Ben, then I'm going to come to Justin, then, okay, um, some people have had a go. Mark in the front and then we'll finish with Sam.
0: Prime Minister, um, what advice have you got about whether the hospital system can handle the the new three-level system within Level 3 in terms of
1: deaths, hospitalisations? Well, that's, of course, why we pause and assess as we go. We are not committing to a timeline here.
2: But Dr Bloomfield? Look, I think the most important thing to uh, say about hospital capacity, including ICU capacity, and and in in response to your initial question, yes, we've got some modelling to show just what uh, the what case numbers might lead to a level of hospitalisation ICU uh, use that would then force hospitals to stop doing some other things. So it's actually about the opportunity cost. And what, of course, we're aiming to do is, um, and one of the reasons we're still so uh, intent on controlling the number of cases so heavily is to reduce that, having to make those trade-offs and stopping other care. So, of course, the hospital system can cope with quite a lot but you'll reach a point where you'll have to um, reduce planned care or uh, delay some care, and that's what we're trying to avoid.
0: In any point on that three levels talked about today, do you get to that point where you have to start dialling back
2: other other work? Uh, it's not so. It's not specific to the three levels per se, but the, the reason we've uh, one of the one of the very uh, important reasons we've said that it should be reviewed every week is to look and see. What is the level of hospitalisations? Today we had 30. I think at the peak of this outbreak, we, we were up in the 40s, between 40 and 50, then dropped down into the low teens. It's up around 30 now. So that's one of the things we will be monitoring very carefully. Just so, Prime Minister, no,
1: just, just,
0: on just, just one more on the vaccinations. Leave, okay. We're just going to so, pick up the pace a little bit, so, everyone. Just on vaccinations, mm. um, why doesn't the government accelerate its moves on mandating vaccination and use of vaccination certificates to try and get
1: the vaccination rates up faster? Uh, So, of course, every lever we have on vaccines is now being pulled, right? So uh, they are widely available, walk-ins, ample bookings. And now then the question you're asking is what about carrots and sticks? You will have heard me say that we are going to talk a little bit more about vaccine certificates both this week and then next week. We'll be setting out what a framework for the use of a a vaccine certificates would look like and we're doing that well in advance of when it would likely be implemented so that people will know uh, where they will need to be vaccinated in order to access different activities so we are doing that well in advance and we'll talk a bit more about that tomorrow then
0: so the vaccination certificates are coming and the question about mandates was not answered Essentially, the government is uh, is doing some work on um, mandating uh, vaccination for uh, early childhood and uh, some other teachers, and is also doing doing work, as it says, on uh, getting vaccination mandates for the healthcare sector. But uh, as you can see in the reaction uh, to yesterday's announcements from people in business, there is a growing clamour for uh, the government to come out in support of vaccination mandates much more widely, particularly into those high touch areas like hospitality and retail where you've got people sharing indoor spaces. Asking the question, not just of workers, but also of customers, you must be vaccinated. Of course, this will all require vaccination certificates, because one of the restrictions at the moment for many businesses is that there is no you know, guaranteed way to know whether someone's vaccinated. You can say you're vaccinated, but um, the little bit of cardboard with some of us have got in our wallets is not really... Up to snuff. And at the moment, you actually have to ask for a letter (laughs) to be sent to you from the Ministry of Health. So, vaccination certificates are desperately needed, particularly digital ones, so that people can rock up to a cafe or a restaurant, show their digital vaccination certificate and get in, let alone um, whether employers can specify vaccination. Because at the moment, it's a breach of privacy law to ask people if they're vaccinated or not. And employment law says you're not allowed to discriminate on the basis of someone's vaccination status. Now, there have been some mandates passed, particularly at the border and for public public um, publicly employed border workers and it's only recently been extended to privately employed border workers and miq obviously people have to be vaccinated but it's sort of extraordinary really we've got people driving trucks around the country who aren't vaccinated coming out of auckland and not even the police are um have to be vaccinated, even if they're working at the border in Auckland. So uh, this is a real gaping hole in the government's um, strategy. It could have been worked on earlier. There's a desperate need to get it out there earlier. We're going to hear some more this week and next week on vaccination certificates and no doubt more to be heard on our vaccination mandates, and I'll keep asking those questions as we can about uh, how quickly that happens. But you can see the, the, the sort of reaction we're getting from uh, businesses. Um, some quotes I've got in today's Dawn Chorus from Michael Barnett at the Auckland Chamber of Commerce, essentially saying those mandates are needed uh, quickly and also more support for businesses. And you've got Brett O'Reilly from EMA Northern also uh, calling for more financial support and more consultation uh, with businesses uh, because so many of them are now struggling, particularly in the hospitality sector. And uh, that's uh, something we'll have to watch for over the coming days. There was an interesting little exchange right at the end where Janae Tibshrani from Interest asked about whether there would be any more financial support for those struggling communities. Um, Remember, there hasn't been a lot of um, cash support for beneficiaries and those on low incomes this time around. There was the winter energy payment and a one-off increase in the um, the benefits uh, for the last lockdown, but not so much for this, even though the wage subsidies and the resurgence payments are going through. And by the way, obviously the Prime Minister said that the wage subsidies and resurgence payments can continue um, through this extended period of Level 3 lockdown in Auckland. So, in summary, uh, elimination is over, but Auckland remains in Level 3 lockdown with Level 4 borders. There is no clear threshold on what is required to take Auckland back down again. And Ashley Bloomfield is saying that it may take four to eight weeks towards until we get to the level of vaccination in Auckland that might allow some more opening up. And the reason for this is that Auckland can't really cope with outbreaks at vaccination levels like this in terms of its hospital system. So um, that's the end result of a late start to the vaccination program. Uh, Also, To be frank uh, a late start to the government's efforts on vaccination certificates and vaccination mandates and it's the uh, result of delta being so much more infectious than the previous versions Um, we did it last year we eliminated the virus for many many months and went back to complete normality that hope is now over and that makes holding on that much more difficult you can um, grit your teeth and bear it when you know that, that there is a chance of complete freedom on the other side of it. But what what happened yesterday is that the government kept those restrictions on without the hope of complete freedom on the other side of it. This is not a long tale, as the Prime Minister said yesterday it is something that is going to be here for uh, a long time. And it means that those level one uh, restrictions or level level one um, uh, areas of, of life all the things we do when we're in level one, that you really have to put those off. Certainly not until next year. What it means is that there's now a real danger, I think, that we're not... Uh, in Level 2 restrictions in Auckland or Level 1 in the rest of the country until just at the end of the year. There's still a hope you can see in government for the quite typical Kiwi summer, and that is possible if we get those vaccination rates up over 90%, particularly for those South Auckland communities. The hope that we'd get um, South Auckland youth vaccinated over 90%, I think, is... Going to be really difficult before then, and the government has left open the option that it uses those thresholds as the ones to uh, pull the trigger on on Auckland. And there will be intense pressure from many in those communities saying, "Don't go before we're ready." Particularly for those um, young people, people who um, are still getting most of their information from uh, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Although not this morning from Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp because Facebook uh, went down uh, for a significant period of time, which is unusual. And um, certainly it is um, meaning that we're not going to have too much vaccine misinformation spread in the community this morning. Uh, I have a a particular view that we're not being aggressive enough on trying to regulate and force Facebook uh, to um, stop this misinformation, which is spreading widely. Anyone who wants to, see how it spread, uh, should only look at the last Facebook Live post from the Prime Minister where she was swamped in the comments by anti-vaxxers. Um, she hasn't reported that to Facebook for a start. Uh, and and just having a look at how Facebook operates and the sorts of um, concerns that many people overseas have, in particular in the wake of some really interesting uh, whistleblowing by a particular executive in the last couple of days. So that's something I'll look at in the next uh, wee while here on the Kaka. Now, if you're hearing this because I have opened up this uh, particular Dawn Chorus to everyone on the free and the paid list, just as a reminder for those people who have wondered what happens, what's happened in the last couple of weeks, they're on the free list and they're not getting the daily emails. This is what you get when you're a paid subscriber and you also have the ability to comment on the articles. And I would invite you. Uh, and i've opened it up to have a look at yesterday's um, uh, breaking news email which I sent to all paid subscribers during the uh, one p their four pm presser which I was at asking questions to get a sense of how the community's operating i'm really pleased at the uh, the level of insight and civility and community mindedness that i 'm seeing in that comment section uh, in large parts because you know we've got sensible people who um, have paid their own money to get useful information and to hear what's going on in the community and it's it's pretty rare to be frank for trolls to pay money so I'd invite you to support um, my particular brand of journalism and to join the Kaka community there is a special offer 50% off both for the annual rate and the monthly rate for the next two days so it's currently the 5th of October so get in before October the 7th and I won't be doing a Uh, 50% off on the monthly um, rate uh, again this year. And just a reminder, the normal annual rate is $190. The normal monthly rate is $19. And just for the next two days, the rate will be, for the next 12 months, it will be $9.50 a month. So that's two flat whites. And it will be... Uh, $95 for a year so you can either pay $95 and you've got it for a year or you can start paying $9.50 for 12 months and then it reverts to the $19 after that. Ka kite anō, that was The Dawn Chorus on Tuesday the 5th of October, I'm Bernard Hickey.